This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey there, welcome to The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio with Charlie Dobbin, aided and abetted by yours truly, Dean Holland. How are you this morning, Charlie? I am great. I've got my... My um, assistant uh, cuddled in here beside the computer. Hopefully, he will not touch the keyboard. His name is Carter. <laughs> Carter, yeah. And uh, what uh, what kind of a critter is Carter exactly? Carter is a very furry cat who drops fur everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they do that, don't they? <laughs> Particularly at this time of year. But he yeah. just he's my um, he's just my little buddy. He doesn't want me out of his sight, so he had to come in and do the show today. And is Carter an indoor or an outdoor cat or both or just indoor? What's he going on? Oh, well, back in Richmond Hill, he was outdoor. Here, he's outdoor, but I, I go with him. We, we keep him close to the house. There's too many too many lions and tigers and bears out there for him to deal with. Yeah. Does he help keep the volve population, <laughs> vol, the vol, vol population down? I wish I wish you would, but I have a feeling they move faster than he does. <laughs> I'm guessing that this snow might invite uh, voles to get to their business. Is that right? Absolutely. Vole hotels everywhere. When we got a nice <laughs> blanket of snow, we, you know what's going on under the snow. We did. Yeah, we got a nice blanket of snow, too, as well. Now, I know we have a few announcements, but I want to give out those numbers first because we uh, we have lots to do on the show today. We'd love to take your calls for, uh, you know, indoor gardening questions or outdoor gardening questions. And the number for Toronto residents is 416-360-0740 or uh, outside Toronto, anywhere else in the province of Ontario, it is a toll-free number, 1-866-740-4740. And please let Carlos know if you are a first-time caller, because those I will give to you, the Garden Wings, uh, we want you to call often. We want you to call early. And please, please, one question per call. Okay, you have some announcements, yes? I just want to remind everybody yeah. we have a special guest joining us on the half hour. So coming up later, Terry Kennedy should be here. I'm saying should, but she will be here. And she's here representing the Southern Ontario Orchid Society and going to give us an update on their upcoming show, not to mention be available for orchid questions. So if you've got a burning orchid question, plan to call in the second half of the show and we're still holding off with a call from last week when Zarita called uh, from Aurora asking about her orchids. Right. And uh, I've experienced Terry before, and she is an unbelievable wealth of knowledge about orchids. In fact, I think I can't even imagine how many orchids she and her husband have in their home. It's, it's just endless. <laughs> because they had so many orchids, they had to move. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is... They That's moved to in- a house. They moved to a, more of a country place with a big greenhouse. So yeah. they actually run a company. They have a website called Orchids in Our Tropics. Wow, that's crazy. Well, I'm looking forward to having her on the show again. Uh, you have some announcements. I have some announcements. Go to it there, Charlie. Alrighty. So coming up uh, Wednesday, February the 8th, the Riverdale Hort Society wants everybody to know that they're invited to join via Zoom 
for at seven o'clock to listen to Joanna Blanchard. She is a Toronto Master Gardener and she'll be taking you on a trip, a virtual tour of the gardens of Gouvernay, I believe it pronounced, which of course are the famous gardens created by and immortalized by Claude Monet. So enjoy that. Uh, It's cute. Heather says, enjoy the program from the comfort of your own home and avoid the hassles of international travel. Uh, (laughs) To join in, you'll have to email info at riverdalehorticultural.ca to get the Zoom ticket. Gotcha. Okay. And I've got um, a message here from Cheryl. Uh, she is with the Agent Court Garden uh, Club, and they have a Zoom meeting coming up on February the 13th, so the day before Valentine's Day. And uh, they say novice, sorry, novice, average, and expert gardeners are welcome to that club. Uh, non-members are welcome to our Zoom meetings as well. The Zoom codes will be provided on their Facebook page. It's a 7 p.m. sign-in. Uh, any earlier, a little bit earlier is fine to uh, so they can make sure that everything goes as scheduled. And their headliner is uh, Tina Van Andel, who is uh, an African violet expert. And they say here, the unsung heroes of the plant world, uh, plant world, and they'll have questions at the end as well. My grandmother always was very, very proud of her uh, African violets, but I don't have any. I got I have to admit. Well, you're not an old lady yet. No, <laughs> there's still time. There is still time. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay, uh, I think there are some more announcements, but I have to take. Uh, we have to take our first pause, and I will work on during that time. I'll work on my uh, getting my old lady shoes on. So, and we'll be we'll be back with much more on the garden show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed, we are back here on The Garden Show, and the uh, lines have been lighting up, but we still do have some room. Going to give out those numbers again, Toronto 416-360-0740, or toll-free anywhere outside of Toronto in the province of Ontario, one 740 Charlie, let's go to our first caller. We have Margaret from Toronto on the line, and she's a first-time caller. Hi, Welcome good- to The Garden Show there, Margaret. Hi, Good morning. Um, I have a question about geraniums. In the fall, I decided to bring my outdoor geraniums inside, and I cut them back, and I repotted them, and I put them in my most sunniest window. And at first, they did really well. They leaved. The leaves were really green. And now they seem to be dying off, and I'm not sure why what I'm doing wrong. I wanted to keep them so that I could replant them outside in the spring. So when you say dying off, are the leaves all kind of turning crispy and falling off, or what's going on? Yes, they're 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 falling off, and then some of the branches are are also the older branches um, that are also dying off. So I'm cu- I'm clipping them off, and there's a few new ones coming from the bottom. So I'm just yeah. trying to save them for the spring. Okay, so here's the bottom line. Be very careful with your watering. It's quite possible that you are overwatering, which is why you're seeing the breaking in the branches, etc. Okay. In the winter, even though the plants are in your brightest window, 
it's of course much lower light than it is outside plus lower light in the winter. So geraniums, we can keep them going as houseplants like you've done, which makes, it's totally fine to do that, but do let them dry right out between waterings. Let them go right to a desert type uh, situation. Even let the leaves be a little bit limp and then water them thoroughly. When you bring them in like that, Usually, I mean, you you will ultimately be able to put those full plants back out in the spring. And we call those mother geraniums when they've lived over the winter and they are going to go out because they're going to be so much bigger in their second season than they were in the first. Mm -hmm. But in order for this to really work well, people usually, as those geraniums are sitting on the windowsill in the next month or six weeks, you will start seeing new growth uh, enough that you'll have two, three, four inch tips that are green, new, pretty spindly, but nevertheless still new growth. Mm -hmm. And those you'll clip off. You can root them in uh, glasses of water and start a whole bunch of small geranium plants from the mother geraniums. All that clipping and pruning of the mother plant makes it a beautiful bushy plant when it's time to go out in May. Okay, perfect. All right. And don't hesitate to fertilize. You can use a a flowering plant fertilizer starting, I'd start in early March and do it once a month. And again, you're going to push a bunch of new growth when you do that. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks very much for the call there, Margaret. Yeah. Okay, Charlie, we're going to hop right over to the uh, western part of the province, just outside of London. We have uh, Diane on the line, and she's calling from Dorchester. Welcome to the Garden Show, Diane. Thank you very much for taking my call. Charlie, I have some... uh, Lettuce seeds. We did a garden uh, two years ago, and uh, I didn't realize when I was looking through our little seed box, we had one package left. It's called Lettuce Salad Bowl. And while I was waiting for you to come on the line, I noticed it stamped on it. It said, so by December of 2021. Does that mean that I have to toss these uh, seeds or or should I gamble and just put them in one little spot? Uh, and, okay. uh, you know, well, it's a bonus if they come up, or I just wanted your advice. And another one is when we were out in the East Coast uh, several years ago, we picked up some lupin seeds because the lupins were growing at the sides of ditches and everywhere, and we just had to have these seeds, which we never got planted. And the same with some lavender seeds. I had bought some plants. And I thought, oh, well, I'd like to add more lavender. So um, how long can you keep these seeds? Okay, these these are good questions. Every seed is different in terms of the longevity of its viability, meaning that some seeds, like the lettuce, for example, I would gamble and I would plant those because it's quite interesting how long lettuce seeds will last. Assuming they've been kept in the dark and they've been kept dry and they've been kept at a reasonable temperature, not too hot, not too cold. So that uh, is what I would do with the lettuce. I would assume that that's good to go. You could even try sowing some of those lettuce inside um, if you have a nice sunny window that you could sprinkle them uh, just into a a shallow pot and perhaps start uh, eating some lettuce inside this this winter. So that's that's an idea with the lettuce. I can actually eat lettuce. I can't afford to buy it. Anybody can. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's exactly what I'm doing, too. So I started growing alfalfa sprouts. I've got microgreens growing. I've got peas and sunflowers sprouting up that I because a head of lettuce is like five bucks. I think I'm just going to 
concentrate on trying to grow some fresh yeah. greens inside for the winter. So I would do that with the lettuce if I were you. The lupins and the lavender are a little trickier. Those are perennial plants. Their requirements are quite specific and their ultimate locations are quite specific. You know, lettuce is easygoing. You can put it anywhere as long as it's getting some light and not too much water. The um, lupins particularly, like you say, thrive in the ditches in the, on the East Coast, but not so much here. So do a little bit of research into the exact requirements. It's all about well-drained soil. Um, it's good quality soil. It's lots and lots of sun for both of them. And, uh, and get them sown. Usually the lupins and lavender, we will sow them in the fall or put them in the fridge and then they'll start to um, – uh, that will break their dormancy and then get them out early in the spring scattered on the surface. Pretend you're Mother Nature. Do what Mother Nature would do. Yeah, I noticed for, you're right, because for the lupins it said freeze the seed 48 hours prior to soaking. You soak it yeah. and then you plant it. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, thank yeah. you so very, very much. Okay, yeah. okay thanks, Diane. Right, yeah, bye-bye. yeah. Great. Okay, um, we have to take a bit of a pause, and then we uh, we have another caller on the line. And just a reminder that also at the half hour, we will be joined by Terry Kennedy today. I am very excited about that. I have my uh, I have my orchid questions. Well, I have at least one orchid. I have one orchid question myself that I wish to ask her. But uh, if you have an orchid question, uh, make sure you call in just before the half hour because she will be here. Okay, we'll be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed, we are back here on The Garden Show. And, uh, Charlie, uh, you still had a couple of announcements. Before we get to our next caller, I thought we would get to those announcements that you have. Sure, just uh, something to put on your calendar. If you, you know, this is the time of year where all the Hort Societies are getting very active and and looking for speakers and great topical topics. Uh, I have been booked personally for Tuesday, February the third. Sorry, um, start with Wednesday. Uh, the 13th, February 13th. No, actually, that's a Monday. Sorry, sorry again. Monday, February 13th, 7.30 p.m. I will be speaking virtually on Zoom to and with the Oakville Horticultural Society. My topic is gardening in a changing climate. So that's around, like I say, about 7.30 on that Monday evening. If you wanted to tune into that event, Send an email to me here at c.dobbin at mzmedia.com and I can hook you up with the right people to get the Zoom uh, ticket to get into the show. The next day, Valentine's Day, February 14th, I will be speaking in person at the Grafton Horticultural Society. Uh, My topic there is designing for shade. I should have mentioned that for the Oakville Hort Society, my topic is gardening in a changing climate. So if you live anywhere near Grafton, which is Colburn, Coburg sort of area, designing for shade, 7.30 p.m. at the St. Andrews United Church on Old Danforth Road. Uh, we had our honeymoon there at St. Anne's Inn and Spa oh, back yes. in 1999. We Lucky went there for you. just 24 tr- hours. But uh, yeah, treated like royalty. We were, yeah, and it was beautiful grounds and the whole deal. So yeah, but yeah, it, that's in Grafton, I believe. Yes, it is. It's Grafton, a very beautiful I place. I, I I dream about going there. I've never spent a night there. I've been there for day events a couple times, but n- never overnight. It's a beautiful place. 
Yeah, I have vague memories of the actual grounds because, of course, it was our honeymoon. So, I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay, right. let's, yeah, no let's go to our information yeah, required. Let's go to our next caller. Uh, it's a first time caller, Jack from Newcastle. Jack, welcome to the Garden Show. Uh, good morning. How are you? Good. I want to give you your garden wings, my friend. There you go. Okay. What do you got for Charlie there, my friend? Okay. Uh, actually, I have two questions. Does that matter? Well, we're supposed to do one, so you know, I don't know. We'll, just, we'll have to play that one by ear there, <laughs> Okay, sir. Uh, my first question is, uh, on some of my orchids, not all of them, but I know it's like a white, milky substance that gets on the leaves. Yep. Okay. What's that related uh, to? Uh, okay, and what was your second question? Oh, uh, the second question is related to the leaves also. The leaves have a long lines that run from the bottom of the leaf to the top, and they seem to wither, and uh, they lose their, uh, their color. They go to sort of a, a dull dark green color. Okay. Uh, how often are you watering these orchids? Uh, basically once a, uh, once a week. Okay. And how many orchids do you have? Right now I have about uh, 28. Woof! 28? <laughs> Good for you, and, Jack. And are they, are they all what we call moth orchids or phalaenopsis orchids? Do you know? Uh, basically phalaenopsis. Okay. All right. You know what, Jack? I'm going to ask you to hang up, <clears throat> turn your radio back up, because your timing is perfect to ask these questions. I know we have Terry Kennedy standing by, and I know Terry is listening and will have heard your questions. And I'll tell you what, she can answer your questions far more perfectly than I can. So oh, why not? Why that. don't we uh, let you go? I'm going to right now introduce Terry Kennedy to all our listeners, and then we're going to let her take it away with Jack's questions. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. So you uh, you now take it away there, Charlie, because I know, as you say, we have uh, Terry on the line. So you give her the introduction. Yeah. So Terry is an orchid specialist. She has been growing orchids, I think, her entire life. Her and her husband run a company called Orchids in Our Tropics, which you can go and actually shop in their greenhouse by appointment. Um, but she's been very, very involved and continues her involvement with the Southern Ontario Orchid Society. And every year they host an amazing orchid show at the Toronto Botanical Gardens for Valentine's Day weekend. So Terry is on the line. She's going to tell us what's new and exciting at the show and like i said hopefully terry has heard jack's questions as well good morning terry good morning charlie and dean uh, hey how are you morning the sun isn't shining here but it's really pretty with all the snow yeah i woke up this morning it was blazingly beautiful and then it all clouded over like 10 minutes later <laughs> <laughs> we have to really enjoy those little bits of sun these days don't we uh we had a beautiful day yesterday but uh but boy we haven't seen much sun since the new year it's been a gray winter no question that's when i say ah that's why the snowbirds go south <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, I was on a uh, in a meeting on Wednesday evening with people who are in the uh, south, and mm -hmm. uh, it's cold down there. They're they're in the 30s and uh, low 40s. 
Oh, wow. Like, really not, cold. Not Fahrenheit, not centigrade. <laughs> right, of course. Good point. Uh, yeah, no, that's a good point. I know Christmas was, was uh, very cold in the southern United States. So, yeah, you can't it, – It's we call that climate change, I think, where there's just so much unpredictability in the weather these days. Yeah, there's a, there was so a lot of tell us about the upcoming show. Tell us how why we need to attend the Toronto Botanical Gardens Tropical Orchid Show all day Saturday and Sunday, February what days? February 11th and 12th from mm-hmm. 11 to 4 p.m. 11 o'clock in the morning to 4 p.m. Uh, well, that floral hall, you know, that's a big area, and that's going to be filled with blooming orchids, ones that actually we haven't had this show since 19 uh, or uh, 2020. So this is three years since we've had the last show. So these plants are just dying to get out there and show themselves <laughs> off. So it should be and, really, and really off. spectacular. Nice. So the the plants will be big, bigger than than average, because obviously there hasn't been an opportunity to sell all these plants. So they're going to be big and fat and juicy and blooming and fragrant. Yes. Uh, although some of them are, are sort of jumping the gun. I know in our greenhouse, we keep looking and going, no, 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 don't come out yet. Don't come out yet. We have another <laughs> week to go. Uh, but uh, but there are a lot, a lot of things that are coming into bloom. And, of course, this is the high season for orchids blooming. Uh, they are, more, all, of course, tropical plants, but they seem to bloom in in our part of the world you know, sort of February, March, April is their big blooming time. So anytime you go to a show at this time of year, you're going to get a lot of really interesting things, lots of big plants in bloom, and the fragrance, of course, is wonderful. And when I've been to this show in the past, Harry, it's, the, like you said, the Floral Hall, which is a main floor in the Toronto Botanical Gardens, very large auditorium. In the past, that's been set up by exhibitors with actual beautifully arranged and designed displays of orchids. And, of course, this is a, an, um, this exhibition is also a competition, so there's the judging, etc. Will that be the same this year as it's been in the past? Oh yes, well that's the that's the the really wonderful thing about an orchid show. Most flowers shows that you go to, I mean, they're wonderful, and you see lots of uh, of flowers. Uh, however, most of them are usually cut, and they're usually just arranged on sort of on benches mm-hmm. or on tables and just in rows. Uh, a yeah. large part of the competition at a, at an orchid show is actually the display of the plants, and the thing is that when you set them up in the right way. Um, then the plants really get shown off to their best advantage. You really get to enjoy them. And because there is set up, a lot of them are sort of naturalistic type displays. And so you kind of get a, the idea of the, the rainforest and uh, the tropical south. Where it, and in the, in, of course, at the TBG, it's not going to be, um, you know, 40 degrees Fahrenheit. It's going to be 70 plus. So uh, it'll be nice and warm. So you can actually enjoy some of that, uh, you know, southern <laughs> sunshine right here in, in, in the Toronto area. Yeah, it's almost like go, exactly going into a greenhouse when you go into the floral hall. And you're right. Like it's the, the displays are just phenomenal. You don't see pots. You see driftwood, lots of moss. Uh, and you've in the past you've had exhibitors come from all over Canada. I think even some from the states. Will it be like that this year as well? Oh yeah, we, actually we have uh, a vendor coming from Malaysia. We have uh, a couple from Taiwan. Um, we have uh, we do have some Americans, 
and you know a lot of people here just in uh, a lot of people bring in plants from all over the world so there there is really quite a, a variety of, of plants that you see and don't forget there is a whole different section to the show where there are things for sale so plants for oh, sale yes. pots lots of plants for sale lots of uh, orchid me- memorabilia uh, there is also uh, they have lectures there's a, a, a one on saturday and three on on sunday um, that uh, that go that they're given by experts they're all on different um, uh, on different subjects, uh, if people go to s o o s dot c a, all the information, the schedule is all there on the um, uh, on the website, and you can see which which talks you would like to see. But um, there is something for everybody. Uh, you know, there. The thing about orchids is that there's so many different ones that so many people look at them very differently. As a matter yes. of fact, I got a. I have been given a new perspective on on orchids just very recently. I had a call from the Bulb Society, wanting to give me a, wanting a talk on the pseudobulbs of orchids. Oh my! So this is a completely different way of looking at them. Now we're looking at the plant itself rather than the flower. And I started right. thinking about it. And boy, is there ever a lot of variety in the pseudobulbs in the in the orchids. I bet. I bet. And talking about a niche. <laughs> like talking about really uh, something so specific as the pseudo bulbs of orchids, because yeah, or, I mean orchids aren't like a geranium. It's not like you take a cutting and stick it in a glass of water. They have very specific ways they grow, and soil is something they generally don't need whatsoever. That's right. They grow in different media. Even when you see them growing, well, we we um, actually our native orchids, of course, do grow in soil, and they go dormant. Yes. They're they're all sleeping right now, and they'll be coming out uh, sort of beginning of June. But uh, most of the orchids, or all of the orchids that you'll see in in the uh, in the show, are tropicals. So they grow on trees, on rocks, on. Um, on top of buildings, if you travel in in South and Central America, oftentimes you'll see orchids growing in the, in the eaves troughs and in uh, in the country, which is, is kind true. of neat. But they, uh, they take advantage growing, of every tiny little bit of moisture and grow. That's right. But they're, they're, what they're looking for is 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 moisture. They're looking for some nutrients, and usually it's like a um, a humus or something like that. What we grow them in is is usually a bark mix or a sphagnum mix that um, really has no soil in it. It's just basically um, just to keep the plants in place because they'd be most happiest growing on a tree. But if I was growing my orchids in, in a tree in the greenhouse, there's no way I could take them to the show. So we just keep cool. them in pots. And it's hard. I find it's hard to water orchids in a tree in my living room. Yeah, oh, yes, it is messy, and 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 your family probably does not appreciate the 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 swamp effects. <laughs> okay, so did Terry? Did you hear Jack Jack's questions? Because he had two of them. He was calling in from Newcastle just before you came on the air. Well, I did hear, but I wasn't quite sure. He mentioned a a white, a milky substance on the leaves. Yeah. Um, I I'm aware of. A sticky substance that you can have on orchid leaves, and it's just a, a, a just a, a something that some orchids exude, and and it's a sticky uh, liquid, and that's nothing. But if it's white, it's it, it's more like uh, I'm thinking it might be not quite 
liquid. It may be fuzzy rather than it looks liquid if there's a lot of it, but sometimes mealybugs can look like something is spilt on the plant. Uh, and right. that you have to really get rid of because that will spread very quickly to all of the other plants. So I would. He mentioned, that plant yeah, he's got like 28 orchids. And if he yeah. does have a white, milky substance, Jack, take a closer look. Get out a magnifying glass. It, if that white, milky substance is actually really looks like a tiny little bit of cotton ball, like a Q tip, just a little tip of a Q tip, little white fuzz, that is an insect that has covered its body in white fuzz. And that is a sucking insect which will kill your orchids. So if you identify any plants with insects like mealy bugs on them, separate them, isolate them. And then any suggestions, Terry, on how to effectively get rid of mealy bug? Oh, mealy bugs are horrible things. Um, mm -hmm. And they, they will hide everywhere. What you mm. need to do is actually try to get rid, you know, wipe off as many as you can. And then use a, a, a soap solution to spray the plant, uh, the whole thing, including the, the potting medium, and so we get really good coverage. And after, you know, after an hour or so, wash the plant off because the, the soap, um, actually palm olive works very well um, because it is a soap rather than a detergent. And we know, as, as you've often said, detergent just cleans the bugs. It doesn't kill them. <laughs> Um, so you want uh, actually soap, and that works quite well, but you have to do it repeatedly until you actually get rid of, of that um, uh, of those mealybugs, and they're not coming back. But if you have it on one plant, and often one brings it in with a new plant, and that, that's what the problem is. Uh, and so when you get a new plant, it's a good idea just to keep it separate from the others until you see you know, what other friends it might have brought along with it. Exactly. Quarantining. Everybody should have quarantining as just the the right way to introduce a new plant into the house. Two weeks all by itself. Yeah. Okay, ladies, I just have to jump in because we have to take our another pause. Uh, but uh, if... Yeah, if you have a question about orchids, now is the time to call because we have Terry Kennedy on the line. And the number for Toronto callers is 416-360-0740. Or anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. We will be right back with uh, Terry Kennedy and much more on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, we are back with The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin and a special guest this weekend. We have Terry Kennedy on the line, who is an orchid expert. And uh, Terry, I actually have a question because I am... I'm really itching to have an orchid. We've had them in the house, and I and I sometimes am tempted to pick up the ones in the grocery store. But because the orchid show is coming up, I thought, you know what, I'm going to wait. So I think what I need, I want something kind of different, but I want something maybe entry level for me. And I thought maybe you would have a recommendation. Oh, well, there's lots of things that you can start with. And actually, the important thing with orchids is that different orchids require different conditions. So some require a huge amounts of light, and some don't require quite as much light. Now, if you've grown the uh, Phalaenopsis orchids that you get at the grocery stores, which are, uh, by the way, are, are gorgeous when they first come in, unfortunately, they don't always get cared for along the way. But when they first come in, yeah. they're gorgeous. And, um, but the, there are slipper orchids 
that are the Southeast Asian uh, slippers that grow right alongside the Phalaenopsis are very easy to grow and flower, and they will. Uh, they do. They don't flower quite as long as as the uh, Phalaenopsis. They they're out for about a month or so. But they have a lot of them have very lovely uh, mottled green leaves. So even when they're not in flower, they're really pretty. There's a lot of orchids that um, their plants are not all that attractive. But slipper orchids really do have very attractive foliage, and even if they never bloom, they that still have a place in in our in our greenhouse. So gotcha. that's one that you could start with. Another one is um, the dancing lady, which is a uh, uh, called Oncidium. And it actually um, requires more light. So if you've got enough light, say, to keep your geranium going or, um, you know, some other flowering plants, then you can actually uh, start with the uh, Oncidium. And that's another one that produces smaller flowers. And these are usually fragrant. The uh, uh, slipper orchids are not fragrant, but the Oncidiums, often they are. And there's one, which is what we consider actually um, perhaps the the Valentine orchid. It's called Oncidium Sherry Baby, the chocolate orchid. It will fill a room with the scent of chocolate. And that's a really easy one to grow and uh, flower. That one sounds absolutely lovely. I could get my hands on that one. And it is super fragrant. Terry's right, because I have that plant. Wow. It smells like chocolate. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Is, we I is. know we have an orchid question on the line. We're going to go to uh, we're gonna go to Barb. Mm-hmm. Okay, Barb is calling from Alliston. And uh, so uh, welcome to the garden show, Barb, with your orchid question. Good morning. I'm wondering, I have an orchid that is probably about 20 years old. It's doing really well right now. It's got probably 30 or 40 blooms on it. And I um, have a baby at the end of one of the old um, spent flower stems. Stems. Yeah. One of the old uh, spent stems. Yeah, flower stem. I bet it's one of the flower stems. Yeah, Barb's breaking up a bit there, Terry. What should she do with the little baby orchid that's growing on the tip of one of those long green shoots? Well, that you have a bonus plant. That uh, that little baby. Uh, what what I would wait, do is wait until it has roots. Does it have roots now? Yes. Well, if it has yes. roots, maybe that are, are yes, a does. couple of inches long, you can actually cut the stem at where the the baby is joined and pot it up in a um, I would use like a sphagnum mix or a, a fine bark mix and uh, and grow it along and it'll bloom very very soon for you because it'll be a, an exact duplicate of the mother plant so just cut oh, it off bonus. and pot it up you can leave it on but then those roots will in the house especially the, those roots will dry and so you would need to do a sort of a, <laughs> a second story, if you will. But you would have to do, you know, do something to protect those roots. So I would just cut it off, pot it up, and then you'd have a plant, a second plant or a second plant to share with a, a special friend. Yeah, I like that bonus plant. That's good. Yeah, um, bonus plant. That sounds really good. And Jack is calling back because Jack was the person who uh, was on just before Terry joined us. He was one with the uh, white milky substance. Let's 
um, see if we can, or maybe what we should do is go for a break, do you think, Dean, first, and then come back to Jack? Yeah, we probably should, yeah. So we'll go for a quick break. We'll come back with uh, Jack on the line with, uh, with a follow-up question about his leaves on the orchid. Okay, we'll be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed, we are back on The Garden Show, and uh, as uh, we said before the break, we have uh, Jack on the line who's calling back about that uh, substance on his leaves. Welcome back to The Garden Show, Jack. Hi, Jack. Okay, the first question was answered very nicely. I appreciate that. Uh, Maybe I did make a mistake when I said a white milky substance, but what you said made more sense. Okay, good. So get after those and keep the keep that the plants that have them away from the other ones because you don't yeah. want them spreading. They they do. They look like they're not moving, but they get around. Okay, because uh, uh, on some of the plants when I was spraying them, my nose are like a little, almost like a little bug on them. I had to scrape it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, what it, it is. But uh, the second question I got is the leaves on the. Palinopsis orchids, they seem to lose their texture, they, uh, they get floppy and they have horizontal lines from the top of the leaf to the, the main stem. Okay, now are these the, the old leaves, the, the bottom leaves? No, uh, I have to say it's uh, the majority of the leaves. Well, you know what, if then, the, uh, what I... How long, uh, the plants that this is happening to, how long have they been in the pot? How long has it been since you've repotted them? Oh, about a year ago. Oh, that, that's not too bad. They should be fine. And when you repotted them, did they have lots of roots? Uh, yeah, the majority of them had lots of roots. Uh, well, when, but, uh, which is the best party mix to use? Well, we use uh, uh, Phalaenopsis. We use a a mixture of bark and sphagnum because uh, Phalaenopsis like to be evenly moist. They don't like to dry out completely. So uh, the the sphagnum actually keeps uh, the the bark and and keeps a little moisture in the pot, and the plants are much happier that way. Uh, If you use straight bark, then you really need to be very diligent about watering before they're completely dry. So we use a, a mixture of the uh, bark and sphagnum, uh, and that works quite well. But when when uh, when the leaves get floppy, it means that the plant is wilting, and that means that the the roots are not able to feed the the leaves. So I would check on the roots of those plants, and perhaps they're maybe staying too wet, or maybe they're staying too dry. Either either effect will cause wilting because the roots can't get the the, the nutrients up into the leaves. So you need when the, the top doesn't look good, you have to check check the bottom. Uh, Terry, I was just going to ask you. I would think that uh, the uh, the orchid show is also a perfect opportunity. Uh, whoever you might be purchasing your orchid from, I would imagine they would be able to tell you all sorts of information about care that is specific to that orchid. 
That's for sure. And the thing is that the important thing, too, at an orchid show, uh, you'll be getting a uh, tag with your orchid, especially if it's not a phalaenopsis. Everybody knows what a phalaenopsis is like. Um, however, even there, there is some variation. Um, but if you have a label, then you can talk to somebody uh, you can talk to the vendor, and of course, they'll tell you exactly how to grow it. And if there is an issue, that you can contact that vendor or contact somebody like me and say, you know, I have this plant. This is the name of it. This is the way. Uh, how? What do I do about it? But it's the knowing the name and keeping those tags that you get with those plants is very, very important. Okay, great. A good advice, Terry. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Really appreciate you joining us again to talk about orchids and help people because everybody loves an orchid and everybody remember the southern ontario orchid society or soos.ca uh, will be hosting a very beautiful big show february 11th and 12th 11 to 4 p.m at the toronto botanical gardens and we want to see everybody there because it's been so long since, and we miss our, our uh, <laughs> customers, our clients who come to see the orchids and admire them. And all you hear in the hall is, oh, look at this, look at that. Oh, did you see this one? <laughs> it's all very exciting. It's true. It's yeah, and it sounds like a great, uh, a great uh, Valentine's outing, quite frankly. And uh, yeah, sure. I, I really am hoping to get down there myself. It sounds great. Sure, all well, the snow is there, creating uh, a certain amount of cabin fever. We'll, we'll so let's get out and let's enjoy some orchids. Yes. Thanks, Terry. See you okay. at the show. Yeah, thanks, okay. Terry. See you at the show. Okay. Thanks for the, the support. Okay. Great. Right, thanks we, again, Terry. Uh, Char Charlie, we have one more caller on the line. We have uh, Mary, who's a bit on the hold from uh, Fort Erie. And so uh, welcome to the Garden Show, Mary. Thanks so much for taking my call. Um, quick question, is it too early to chop back hibiscus? Uh, I'm oh. going to be away for approximately three weeks um, and watering may be a bit sparse during that time. So would it be better to wait until I get, get back? Uh, okay, so is it like a hibiscus tree or shrub or how big is it? Um, they are um, shrubs, basically. Like in um, six-inch Okay. Uh, all right, so you've probably got them in lots of sun, and they've got lots of leaves right now? Yeah. Okay. If you're going away for three weeks, what I would do is I'd water thoroughly before you go, close right. the blinds, or, you know, put uh, if you have sheer curtains, so you'll lower the light levels a bit. And yeah. for sure, I'd cut them back, cut them back by half before you go. Okay, okay. okay. Um, and then you'll be fine. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for calling. <laughs> You're welcome. Bye. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so you know what? Here's an interesting little tidbit. Remember yeah. last week we had one of those phone calls where I feel like I'm a marriage counselor. Yeah, and, uh, yes. <laughs> it was Andy who calls from Aylmer, and he was saying he's having a debate with his wife about landscape fabric. Right. And whether it works or not, like he wanted it to keep down the weeds because they have a big, long garden and he doesn't want to weed. She's yeah, she worried, wants to pull it up. Right. Yeah. She's worried that the fabric isn't doing any favors at all to uh, what um, they're trying to do there, what they're trying to grow. So I did get a I love that Paul DeGroot is a um, consistent listener and he sent me a link. So if you're listening and interested in landscape fabric, particularly Andy and your wife, Here's what I suggest you do. Go to 
the University of Illinois. So they have an extension, uh, um, the Illinois extension. So University of so extension.illinois or just Google the disadvantages of landscape fabric. And it's interesting because it's just a, a bit of a diatribe about how fabric is great to start with, but soil does collect a little and start blocking the holes. So eventually fabric doesn't is not as porous as we think. So moisture is not getting through as much as we think. So plants will start to suffer from lack of moisture. Uh, and then the weed question, of course, comes up and then uh, other alternatives like cardboard and newspaper and that sort of thing to keep the weeds down and feed the plants. So just a just an aside. Thanks for that, Paul. Thank you, Dean. Thank you. Any of this without you or Carlos. Thanks, Carlos. Thanks to the great callers. Thanks, Terry Kennedy. Remember, you can listen again to this show podcast, am740.ca, The Garden Show. Listen again and enjoy listening to some of our great callers and the answers. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.